Good morning. It's good to see all of you on this Labor Day weekend. Listen, if you are not only are you here on a holiday weekend, you're here on a holiday weekend after a late Ohio State game and it's raining. Come on, you got extra credit in heaven today. I'm telling you what, you made it in person. And if you're online watching, we welcome you as well. We're glad to have you tuning in wherever you're watching from. Before I jump in today, I just want to remind all of our dream teamers. So those of you who serve in any capacity at Adventure Church, this upcoming Friday is our rally night. Uh, We do this like three, maybe four times a year where we essentially are rallying the troops together. Uh, We're going to have a time where we just invest in you. We have great food, a lot of fun, uh, night planned for you, uh, get to connect, interact with each other. And then I'll just be sharing with you a little bit about this kind of pivotal moment in our church as we are preparing for really the biggest move of our lives as a church family into our new facility uh, here in just a few months. And so if you can make it, please, please, please carve out some time. We'll have child care, all those good things uh, to make it as easy as possible for you to be a part of that. You just need to go to our website and click on the rally night event RSVP so we can make sure we have enough food for you. And if you could do that today, that would be super helpful uh, for our team who's planning that event and putting all that together. So if you you can be there. We'd love to have you. Well, it is a series we've been in called Running on Empty. We're in week three of that. And always want to encourage you, if you've missed any of those, please go back and watch. This is kind of like one long message that's broken up into pieces for the sake of time. And it'll really help you to stay up with where we are. And really for this to, to make have the greatest impact on your life is when you are catching up with the rest of the series. And so we've been talking about, man, the, the kind of the state of, of where we are as, as, as a Christians as humans coming out of this pandemic, just how we can see uh, throughout society, just kind of the depletion that we're running on empty, that we tapped into our reserves in a very difficult time, and uh, those reserves are empty. So what do we do to kind of refill our lives? And we talked about making sure that when we start running on empty, that we run to the right source. Right? That we, we, when we need relief, we go to the right place to find that and we seek the source, uh, that is the river of life, that's the purpose of life, the giver of life, the sustainer of life. And in order to do that, to choose that source, we first have to repent of sin. And we talked last week about how do we really do that? How do we really overcome sin in our life and live not just a spirit filled life, but a spirit fueled life? where the Spirit of God is, is, is really empowering us to be who God has called us to be. And we're talking about returning to relationship and how we get free from the sin in our lives so that we can live in right relationship with God. And today I want to talk to you about that. Like, how do you really have a life-giving tank filling, right, relationship with God. Because I know you've probably been around long enough where you you go, well, yeah, I I get that. I want to have a relationship, but really, how do I do that? How do I experience that? And so today we're going to talk about that. You know, I, uh, as a pastor, there's a lot of times where uh, I have to be on all the time. You guys know what I'm talking about? You just got to be on. Like I go into environments and to events and I'm not just Kyle, right? I'm Pastor Kyle. And Jess oftentimes will give me a little pep talk like, hey, there's church people going to be here, okay? So best behavior, you know, I'm, I'm witty, you know, I'm sarcastic. She's like, just, just channel all that, you know. Put that aside, you know, 
just be on. And it's like, okay, you know, last week we went to some friend's birthday party and it was like a church service. I mean, I worked the lobby, but the lawn, you know, I was talking to, you know, shaking hands, holding babies, you know, like it was just, I was working, you know, because there's a lot of people from church there. So there's environments where I always have to be on. In fact, I, I, I don't always like that. And, and even yesterday, it was funny, I had to stop by Costco and I'm, I'm wheeling my cart out and this lady passes me and I had an adventure church shirt on and she goes, she goes, Hey, and I said, Hey, and and immediately like people either think I'm like a creeper or I'm friendly, right? Because I see people out and it's either, I know you from little league, the gym or church. That's it. And so I see someone and they look at you a certain way. And so I'm just like over the top friendly, like, yeah, you do it. You know, because I don't want them to think, man, that guy's, that pastor at Adventure Church is a jerk. You know, I tried to say hi to him. And so I either do that and they're like, oh, hey, or they're like, what are you waving at me for? You know, so anyway, this lady goes, hey, what do you think of that church? (laughs) And I, you know, sometimes I'll go, well, actually, I'm the pastor of the church and, uh, you know, we'd love to have you. And I said, I love it. And she said, really? I go, I love it. She goes, where is it? I said, it's up there off of 23, just north of Kroger, you know. I go, man, we'd love to have you sometime. She goes, yeah, we've been looking for a church. I'm going to check it out. So if you're here today, welcome. Surprise. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's me. Uh, but we're really glad that you came, and we're glad you're here. But, but I long for environments, listen, where I can just be me, right? We all long for that, where there's people in my life that, that I don't have to be cautious with, that I don't have to be guarded with. Of course, man, I'm going to be respectful to everybody, but there's just certain people, right? Like, we keep them at arm's length because I, I don't, you know, you don't know me like that, and I don't know you like that, and so we're, we're respectful and, and, and casual, but, but we're not really close. But then there's environments where I can let my hair down. Well, not my hair, but you know what I'm saying, like where, where I, can, I can just be me, Right? Yesterday, you know, I'm, I'm with my family. I'm watching the Ohio State game. I can yell at the screen and not have to worry about getting judged, you know. I can say, what, are the Catholics praying better than us right now? What is going on? You know, I can be me and I don't have to worry. I can just be me. I can be open. I can be honest. I can be transparent without the fear of judgment or, or maybe being offensive to someone. And I think you probably understand, like we all long for those type of environments. We all long for those types of relationships. And maybe you've been in a relationship where you wanted it to go deeper, right? Like you wanted it to, 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 to go kind of that next level, but for whatever reason, that person just wouldn't let you in. And they just kind of kept you at arm's length. They were respectful and, and all that, but, but, but they just kind of kept you at a distance and wouldn't let you in. I think we understand the closeness and the openness that, that I think we all long for and desire to have in a relationship. And hopefully your marriage is that way with your spouse where you just have that type of intimate relationship. And you see, the Bible presents God as someone who desires with all of his heart, everything that is within him, to have that type of relationship with you. An intimate relationship with his kids, his creation, But time and time again, we see throughout Scripture, and we still see it play out today, that that God's very own creation keeps him at a distance. Respectful, but yet distant. 
right? But the Father desires for you to be more than just polite towards him and respectful towards him. He desires for you to have the type of relationship that he died to make possible, to be intimate with you. We see it in the story of the prodigal son, a son who walks away from his father, literally just disgraces his family and burdens and hurts his father in a way that that we probably can't even imagine, yet when the son comes home, the father embraces him. Jesus is saying, this is what your father is like. With Adam and Eve, right, it says that he was with them, he created them, that he was walking in the garden with them, that they had this intimate relationship. And when they had sinned, he comes looking for them, calling out to his creation, where are you? Where are you? Longing to be close to them. A shepherd, scripture describes him as as a shepherd who longs to be close to his sheep, but yet the sheep, time and time again, go off to do their own thing. Man, if you really want to live life to the full, if you really want to live a life where you're not just running on empty, you got to have a relationship that isn't casual, just respectful. It can't be distant. It can't be based around a holiday or a church service or some type of event. No, no, no. You see, your heavenly father desires intimacy with you but a lot of people again they respectful treat them respectfully and but it's casual and it's not intimate the book of revelation was written by the apostle john one of the guys who did life with jesus and he's writing this these short letters to some of the churches that have been established and that are growing and he essentially is 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 writing what we would consider to be prophetic words to them, you know, words from God for them, for specific churches, specific communities of faith. And in Revelation 3, one of these churches, God says this to them. He said, I know all the things that you do. He's talking to church people, right? I've seen what you've done. Hey, great job. Thank you for for greeting today. Thank you. Thank you for for serving in kids. Thank you for what you're doing for me and for my kingdom. I see that. I just it's like he's starting. I see what you're doing. And and thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And you're doing okay, but you're somewhere in the middle when it comes to your relationship with me. And he says it like this: He said, You're neither hot nor you're cold. You're lukewarm. I want you to be one way or the other, but since you're lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll I'll spit you out of my mouth. And it's even weird that God would say that, you know what I mean? I I don't know if you've ever had that before. Actually, just the other day, I left the gym and I was thirsty and I had, you know, a water bottle in my car, but it was a hot day, you know, and and I opened that bottle of water and start to drink it and it's hot, lukewarmy kind of water, right? And immediately I was like, like, I wanted to spit it out. And and this is the picture God is, is giving us. Like, here's where you are. You're, you're kind of like that water bottle who's just kind of lukewarm. It, it's not, it doesn't quench, it's not cold enough to kind of quench your, there's not hot enough to be something to warm you up, right? Like, you're, you're just somewhere in the, mis- in, in the middle, and he says this. He says, and you say back to me, like, I'm rich. I have everything that I want. I don't need anything. 
right? And that's, I think, a lot of our culture, right? We, we have what we want. We have what we need. We, 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 we love our families. God's blessed us. We live in a nice community. We're able to drive decent cars and put our kids in good schools, and we have decent jobs. And it's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm wealthy. I'm, I'm rich. I have everything that I want. I, I don't need anything. And, and he says to them, and you don't even realize essentially what you're missing out on. You're wretched. You're miserable. Poor, blind, and naked. You're good people. You're a good church. And you think just because things are going good for you that you're good with me, but maybe things aren't as good as you think they are or appear to be. He goes on in verse 20. He says, so look, I stand at the door and knock. Another translation says, here I am. Standing, and he's talking, remember, to a church. Outside the doors of, of Adventure Church, knocking, waiting for someone to let me in. You go, well, why are you knocking? <laughs> Jesus, this is your church. You can just come in. You're welcome. Just, just, just come in. It's, it's, it's your church. You can do what you want, obviously. It, it's yours. And here is where we're introduced to a concept that's called free will. God is all powerful, amen? He's all powerful. But the one thing that he desires most of all, he cannot make you do. He can make you fear him, he can make you obey him, but he cannot make you love him. He can threaten you, he could take things from you, he could give things to you but he cannot make you love him. And throughout scripture, we see a God searching for this type of relationship from the very beginning, as I said, with Adam and Eve in the garden. And then sin enters into the picture and separation takes place. And then from that time until Jesus comes, God is longing to be with his creation. Then he shows up in the flesh, in the form of Jesus, searching for his people, seeking out his people, seeking a relationship with his children, and it's a relationship characterized by one thing, intimacy. That God desires an intimate relationship with you, and so why he doesn't just barge in and why he knocks is because he wants you to let him in. He's asking you to let him in, in for intimacy. But what we find is a lot of times we just want a formula, right, that we can fit into our lives that makes us good with God. Kyle, just tell me what God wants from me. I get that. Just tell me what, what I have to do. What, what, what does he need me to do? What do I need to be on, on good terms with God? What do I need to do? And I'll do it. And, and formulas are a lot easier because it's just like, hey, it, it, if, if, a, if, if it's A plus B equals a, a good relationship with God and good terms with God, just tell me what A and B is and I'll do it. Formula is easier. This is a religious formula. It's it, that's when we get caught up in religion. It, it's rituals. It's things we do so that we're good with God. But listen, Jesus came not to establish a religion. Jesus came to establish a way for you to have a relationship 
with the Father, not a religion for you to follow. But we're good at religion. Religion's in some ways a lot easier because we just do some things and follow some things, do some things, pray some things, like, and, and then we're good. But listen, Jesus didn't invite you to follow a formula. It's religion. He invited you to follow him, a person. A relationship is what he came for. But a formula, again, it's, it's easier. It makes us feel like we're good. That's what he's saying. Look what you've done. You, you think you're good because you've done some good things, but, but that's not the point of this whole thing. But religion, you know, it makes us feel like we're good, but at its best, it's, it's just a relationship of rituals. And, and at its core, listen to me, religion is very selfish. Religion really becomes about us harnessing the power of God so that he'll meet our needs, right? God, I'll do this for you. You can do this for me. And if we both keep up our end of the deal, then it's all good. We're all good. That's religion, friend. This is why I believe so many people have fallen from the faith over the last two and a half years. I say this often. and Statistics show us, and I'm not claiming to be a prophet, but 1 Timothy 4 Chapter 1, not in your notes because I added it later, but it says this, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days, some will turn away from true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Second Thessalonians says a similar thing, that there's going to be this great falling away from the faith. Here at Adventure Church, in our church, 50% of the people who attended our church before COVID never, ever came back. Gone. And there's different reasons for that. I'm not saying it's all because they've abandoned their faith or their belief in God. But I believe statistics and surveys and the data that we're seeing is coming from this idea that I think a lot of people were religious did a few things, came to church, occasionally, gave occasionally, served when they could, were religious, like Revelations tells us, but they didn't have any kind of relationship with God. And because of that, when things didn't go the way that they were anticipating they would go, they've walked away from their, their faith in Jesus and his church. And again, religion at its core is very selfish. It, it's it's very self-centered because it's people, it's religious people try to get God to do for them what they need right now, to be happy, healthy, wealthy, safe. And when those things aren't happening on their terms, they walk away. What's the point? Kyle, the formula isn't working. I want a formula. I thought it was A plus B equals my life's good, things are good. It, well, it's not working out. And so what's the point in following a formula that doesn't work? But he didn't call you to follow a formula. He called you to follow him. In John 15, we're going to talk more about this chapter next week. The keys of choosing the right source, the things that we have to do, right? We talked about this. We repent from our sin. We return to relationship and then we remain in him. 
We talked last week about man, how we really overcome sin in our life, and today talking about man, how we really return into the relationship that God has for us. But in John 15, Jesus keeps saying this, this term over and over again, remain in me. Remain intimate with me. Remain in me. Intimate with me is what he's saying over and over again. And then he explains a little bit of how we do that. But that's John 15 over and over again. Remain in me. Remain in me. Then he starts chapter 16. And he says this. I have told you all of this so that you will not, what? Fall away. What did he tell you? John 15. Remain in me, intimate with me, intimate with me. And when you're intimate with me, you will not fall away. He said this, he goes on, he goes, but they, and he's talking about the religious people, the religious leaders. He said, they, the religious ones, will put you out of the synagogue. Why? Because you don't fit their formula. He says, in fact, the time is coming When anyone who kills, look how drastic, kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father. Remain in me, intimate with me. Do this so that you will not fall away because the religious people who are trying to just fit everything into this formula, listen, They're going to kill you because you don't fit their formula. And isn't that what religion does, right? Religion leads you and me to destroy people who don't fit our religious formula. You're not like me. You can't be like me. You can't be in this church. You can't be a part of this. You don't look like me, talk like me, vote like me. You don't fit. The formula. Well, you're thankful he didn't come. For you to fit a formula. Religion leads us to do those types of things. And Jesus says, religion makes you a stranger to me. He said, they do this, they act religious, they do religious things because they do not know me or the Father. They don't know me. You're a stranger to God. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 7. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter in the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter in. Jesus had explained what the will of the kingdom of God, the Sermon on the Mount, what the kingdom looks like. And we're going to talk more on that next week. And he says, on judgment day, they'll say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons. We performed many miracles in your name. Doesn't that sound like the letter to the church in Revelation, right? We did all these things. Look at what we've done. We did all this good stuff. And he says, but you're blind. You don't see it. You're trying to fit a formula. That's not what it's about. You're very religious, but you do not have a relationship with me. And he says, and to those kind of people who did what? Served, gave, did the religious rituals. He said, I will say to you, I never knew you. You were a stranger to me. You were a stranger to my ways. You were a stranger to my will. You were religious, but you had no relationship with me. And then he gives this very disturbing statement. Get away from me. Those of you who break God's law. You go, break God's law. He's saying, listen, the law, listen, the law in the Old Testament was the formula. Do the law, you'll be good with God. 
That was the formula. And he says, and if that's what you want to do, you want to be religious with no relationship, you just want a formula, then I will judge you according to the formula that you're trying to follow. And guess what? You don't measure up. Get away from me. I never knew you. You were respectful, but casual. You kept me at a distance. You came to church. You showed up on Easter and Christmas. You gave a hundred bucks, but you didn't know me. You kept me at arm's length. You're a stranger. To me, I'm a stranger to you. You don't know me or my love. You're just religious. And he gives us this warning that religion will kill you. It'll make you a very jaded and judgmental person when people don't fit your religious formula. It makes you a stranger to God. And I know no one here wants to be that way. No one wants to be standing before Jesus someday and hear those. I mean, of course we don't want that. You're here because you're seeking. You're here because you're searching. You're watching because you're searching. And so thankfully, there's good news today. There's good news today. That's the gospel. It's the good news that you can have a relationship with God. And I think the first thing and what I'm trying to communicate to you in in order to make that happen is to, to realize that he desires a relationship with you. That the God of this universe who created everything, created you, loves you, died for you, and desires more than anything else above everything else, I just want you. That's awesome. That's what he wants. That's what he's after. It's, it's knowing that. And you go, well, how do I know? Because he gave his son to make it possible. Because he couldn't have relationship with you. Sin entered the picture. He was longing for thousands of years. He sends Jesus. Jesus shows up, God in the flesh. And for the first time, God is able to touch his creation again. And Jesus said, I came to show you who the father really is. My love is all about him. This, I'll show you who your father in heaven is. And then he voluntarily gives his life so that you could have a relationship, not a religion to follow, a person to follow, a relationship with your heavenly father. An intimate relationship with him. And there is no real magic formula I can give you for intimacy. Intimacy with God is a lot like intimacy with a person, a lot like intimacy with your spouse. In fact, Jesus says that we are his bride. The church is his bride. And so today, again, I'm not giving you a formula, but I want to give you three keys to intimacy, things that will help intimacy happen in your relationship with God. The first one, it's going to require time. (laughs) It just takes time, right? Private time prioritize around intimacy. It takes intentionality. It's, it's never just going to happen. And that may mean that you have to make changes to make that time possible. This has been a common theme since we started the year. Continually keeps coming up. God keeps bringing this up. We started the year with a whole series called Hurry Up and Slow Down. Your pace is killing you. It's destroying you. Your tank is empty, 
because you're full throttle every single day. You never stop the refill. We're running on empty. It's been a theme throughout the whole year. But it takes time. It takes private time prioritized around intimacy. Not just, hey, I got my Bible app, bam, 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 checked all the boxes. Come on, one year's coming. I'm going to close that sucker out, right? Like, no, 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 that's not intimacy. Honestly, that's religion. Just checking the boxes. No, intimacy. What does that, what does that even look like? It means maybe you get up earlier. It means you maybe you have to stay up later. Maybe it means you have to change your job. I don't know what you need to do to slow down. Maybe it's changing the teams that your kids play for. I don't know, but, but it, it's going to take that you get alone time with God. Like It's just like your spouse, right? It's like if you don't get alone time, face-to-face time, where you're just hearing each other, talking to each other, spending time with each other, you're going to grow further and further and further apart. It takes time to be intimate with your father. And you go, I don't even know what to do with that time. Man, I'm going to help you and give you some stuff. But it just starts with the second thing is just being transparent. That's intimacy. How do I become intimate? It takes time and then it takes transparency. Like, like if you were really to be honest about your prayer life, like what is your prayer life like? Like, do you like pray like polite prayers to God? Like, oh God, thank you, humble servant for allowing me this time to be with you. Like, it's like we, we approach God almost like he doesn't already know how jacked up you are. He knows, right? God's never been like, oh, wow, thanks for telling me. I had no idea. Wow, that surprises me. No, he's God, right? But a lot of times, like, our, our, we don't have intimacy with God because we're never transparent with him. Intimacy equals all of me. It's all of me, right? The best marriages that, are, that, that people have is when this is true. Jess, whether she likes it or not, she knows all the good, the bad, the ugly of me. We had this week our monthly counseling appointment. And it was tough. I was frustrated. She was frustrated. We were trying to get on the same page on something, and it's just, and as a good counselor, right, told me how wrong I was and how I needed to, you know, like, and, but it's all of me, babe, here, it's me, it's all of me. She sees it. She lives it. That's what God wants from you. You don't have to be polite to him. Treat him obviously with reverence and fear right the way, but, but he knows, so just tell him what he already knows. He just wants you to be honest in your prayer time. For some of you, it could just be like, God, I want to quit. I can't do it. My marriage, God, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. I'm done. I want to throw in the towel. I just, I don't want to, I can't do, I can't show up anymore, God. I can't be what you want to be. God, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm so tired. He goes, thanks for telling me. I know. Right? Maybe it's just starting with, God, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you care about me. Thank you that you see me. Thank you that you know me. God, thank you that even when I turn my back on you, you never turn your back on me. Whenever I turn to you, there you are there. Thank you, God. I don't don't know what you need. Just start talking to him. Intimacy. Time, transparency, last thing, submission. The most powerful 
relationship dynamic in the world is mutual submission, right? That's how good marriages work. That's how relationships thrive. It's when I will give all of me so that you can be who God's called you to be. I will, I will commit myself to keeping your interest in front of mine, to putting you above me. That's, that's what I'm doing in my relationship. That's what I'm doing for my wife. I, you over me. I choose you over me. I submit to you. I choose your best interest over mine. And when two people approach a relationship that way, I mean, it's game changing. Game changing, right? And this is what God did for you. God, when you know, and I hope today you know, that God was committed to your best interest over his own, you'll submit to him. You'll surrender to him. Some of you are afraid to surrender. You're afraid to submit because you don't trust him. Why? Because you don't know him. Because if you know him, you'll for sure trust him. He is good. He is loving. He is for you. He proved it first. He went first. God made the first move in your relationship. Before you ever did anything, your Savior died for you. Jesus put you ahead of himself. He said, I'm going to show you sacrificial love. I'm going to give you unconditional love. Not based on what you can do for me, but just based on the love and the grace of God because that is who he is. And when you get that, you understand that, and you get that into your heart, man, you will submit to him. And to be intimate with anyone, any person, including him, you gotta be willing to submit. So, he knocks, God knocks. Can you believe it? He doesn't come in. He doesn't blow the doors open. He doesn't bust in, demanding your attention. He knocks, and he says, I love you. I died for you, and I want you to let me in because I want in for intimacy. I want you to choose me, and there is no relationship without free will, without choice. So he says, will you choose me? Will you let me in? He wants you to surrender to him because he's already surrendered himself to you. There is no greater love than what Jesus displayed on the cross and what's been given to you. The band's coming and we're going to begin to close out our time together. I was thinking about my kids as they're getting older. I'm wise to their ways. And... I can tell when my kids are playing me, right? You know, right? When they, they change the sound, the tone of their voice. Instead of, Dad, it's, hey, Dad. It's like, what do you want, right? You just kind of know intuitively. Like, you know your kids well enough. Like, I, I can tell when they're playing me, right? And I don't, I, I understand that dynamic in our relationship, but I don't want our relationship to be about that, right? 
I don't want my kids just to use me. I don't want to just be the bank for them, right? I don't just want to be their provider. I mean, I love providing for them. I love giving to them. But I, I don't want our relationship to just be based on, on that. I, I want a relationship with them. My daughter's not here yet, so I can say this. Don't tell her. So we had the daddy-daughter dance last week. And my daughter's like in that tween year. She's about to be 12, going on 20, you know. And I get more dad than I had to get anything else now, right? And all week I was messing with her. I was like, can't wait to dance with your dad. I'm going to get down. I'm going to get down. She's like, oh, please, dad, you can. You know, I'm just all week. But we were having these moments where I was slow dancing with her. And I'm singing the song to her as I'm dancing with her. And she's staring up at me like literally was, was moved to tears in that moment, my little girl. The next morning, she comes into to my room early, wearing the tiara that I put on her head the night before. She's almost 12. She said, Dad, I loved that dance last night. I said, I did too. She goes, what was your favorite part? I go, all of it. She said, Dad, my favorite part was dancing with you. And I said, what do you want? I'll give you everything you've ever asked for. Here's the safe, the go get it, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Why? Because that's what any father wants from their kids. I don't want just what you can give me, Dad. I want you. That's what your father wants. That's what he died to make possible. He just wants you. So he knocks. And he says, verse 20, if you hear my voice and open the door, I'm going to come in and I'm going to beat you down for making me wait so long. No, that's not, isn't that what we think? Can't let him in. If he sees, if he knows, oh, he knows, he sees. He says, if you'll let me in before anything else happens, we're just going to eat. We're going to have a meal like friends would have because he's intimate. What he desires is intimacy, to have a meal with you. So he says, will you let me in? Here I am, but I'm going to be polite. Sure move. Sure move. He already went first, friend, but now he says, sure, it's your turn. That's what I want from you. Today, you're here, you're watching, you're running on empty. And he says, so run to me. Run to me. When you're running on empty, run to me. When you're worn out, run to me. Jesus said, come to me. Not a religion. Not a formula. Come to me, a person. Come to relationship with me. And he says, come to me. All of you are weary. And I will give you rest. If you're longing for rest, if you're just worn, if you're running on empty, you need rest, you need relief. He says, come to me. Come to relationship. 
come to relationship. Come into relationship with me. I will give you all that you need. I'm everything you need. I have everything available, but I'm knocking. I'm not coming in. You got to choose me. You got to choose me. You got to choose intimacy, time, transparency, submission. He's made a way. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? You're here. You're watching. You're not in right relationship with God. You know you're not. Even today, you know you've been choosing sin over him. You've been running to the wrong things for relief. And today, the invitation has been made to you. He made it possible. The cross of Jesus built a bridge so that you could know God. View it that way. That's what the cross did. You could know your heavenly father. He paid the price for your sins so you wouldn't have to. And if you'll receive the sacrificial love of God into your life today, the unconditional love of God into your life today, he will forgive you. He will make take down every barrier that prevents you from being intimate with him, but it starts with you saying, God, I surrender. You chose me, but now I choose you. So today, if that's where you're at and you're watching, I know I can't see you, tell God that right now. Say, God, I choose you. But if you're here in the room, you need to submit, you need to surrender right now, just slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you, but first, it starts with you saying yes. Say, Kyle, that's where I'm at. I see you, sir. Anyone else? Say, that's me. I want to choose him. I want to surrender to him. I want to follow him. Give my life to him. Anyone else? That's where I'm at. I see you, ma'am. Thank you. He loves you. Oh, I hope you hear his heart today. I hope you sense his love. Anyone else? Amen. Church family, would you pray this with those who are praying this today for the first time? If you're online with us, just say it with us. Say, dear Jesus, today I invite you in. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you're the son of God. That you died for me so I can live for you. I say yes to you and your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we thank God for those making those decisions? I'm going to invite the rest of you to stand at this time. and. We're going to sing this song today, and really it's just, I believe, a prophetic moment that the Holy Spirit wants to just speak to you. If you're running on empty, God just said that to me this week, if you're running on empty, run to me. If you're running on empty, run to me. I'm the source, the source of life, the giver of life, the sustainer of life, the fountain of life, the river of life. We've been talking about that, man. He, he, he has unlimited supply of what you need if you will run to him. And he made it possible that you can run to him without fear, without worry of condemnation, of punishment, guilt, just as you are today. Run to me. If you're weary, if you're empty, allow him to fill you up today. Father, we do just that right now. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you into this place once again. You are the giver of life, the sustainer of life. Fill your people, Lord, with your spirit today. In Jesus' name.